What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Motor City Hoops, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Nuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and Thunderous Applause, plus our coaching-focused podcasts. Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. If we're being honest, uh, that game actually went a lot better than I thought it would. Coming into the game, the Wizards haven't played since January 12th. Uh, right now it's January 24th, so 12 days since they last played an NBA basketball game. And um, yeah, they're coming back without half their team. They only had 10 guys available. Uh, two of them weren't in the league a week ago. So honestly, like that was not too terrible. So <laughs> the Wizards, uh, they just played the Spurs. They lost uh, 121 to 101, I think. So 20 point loss, but. Like, it was competitive most of the game until, like, the fourth quarter. The Wizards kind of fell apart. They had, like, a ton of turnovers in a row. Like, all of them live ball, and that just killed them. But, um, yeah, so they were they went in the fourth quarter down eight points, and it, it fell apart eventually. But the fact that they competed for that long against, like, a Spurs team that's pretty solid. Um, I mean, they're missing Derek White, obviously, and he's one of their better players. But, like, besides that, they were all there. Um, you know, obviously a really well-coached team with Greg Popovich. Like, that was a not terrible performance. Uh, obviously a lot of bad things happen, but like coming back from a two week break and having to play an NBA level game is, is really hard. Um, so got to give props to the Wizards on that. Um, so coming into the game, Spurs were eight and eight. Um, they're 15th in point differential. Uh, they had the 18th ranked offense in the NBA and the eighth ranked defense. Um, so, you know, a pretty solid opponent. Uh, like it's not like they're playing any pushover scrub team. And so just to go over like the offense efficiency, four factors type stuff. Um, so the Spurs, <laughs> oh my god, their offensive rating for the game ended up being one uh, 119.8, which 77th percentile is pretty high. And the Wiz offensive rating ended up being 100, which is 18th percentile. And um, just, you know, the Wizards were just straight up like discombobulated on offense. Like it, it was it was pretty sloppy. And like you could tell that they kind of dumbed down the offense. Like that wasn't the normal offense that the Wizards run. There's a lot less player movement, especially with Bradley Beal than uh, you could usually expect from the offense. And that's kind of just because, like, they're missing half their rotation. They're missing two of their starters and, you know, a bunch of their other guys. So, obviously, like, especially with, like, new players like Alex Len, like, Alex Len was just sitting there, like, <laughs> like setting down screens and, you know, ball screens. Like, he he wasn't doing, like, anything super complicated out there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of to be expected. But, like, the Wizards didn't hit shots either. They were, their effective field goal percentage was 50%, which would be 29th percentile. Spurs are 57.8. Um, turnovers percentage, Wizards actually wasn't as high as the eye test might have said. Like, they're, that's probably because, like, the fourth quarter, they just, like, got a ton of turnovers. But, like, besides that, they didn't really get any. Spurs barely turned the ball over, you know, as they usually do. Spurs are really good at that. Um, offensive rebound rate, neither team's really got many offensive rebounds, which, you know, is, it's both of their games. It's to be expected. 
And then free throw rate, neither team got to the line very much. Um, the Wizards, you know, all of a sudden, now that they don't have Thomas Bryant or Mo Wagner or Danny Avdia or Rui, they don't foul very much all of a sudden, which is, uh, it's no coincidence. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Um, so just going over like the general shot chart stuff, uh, the Wizards from inside the restricted area were 11 for 18, which is solid. Um, floater range are 7 for 20, which is bad. Uh, you don't want to be taking, you don't ever want to take 20 shots from floater range just because like, that area is relatively inefficient. Like once you get to like four or five feet from the rim, that's like at that point you're taking pretty inefficient shots, like as surprising as that may sound. But um, from the corners, the Wizards were, wow, seven for 10. So pretty awesome there. Uh, Mid-range are seven for 12. And from uh, above the big threes, they're seven for 32. So not great in terms of that, it's 21.9%. But, you know, if like on a normal night, if the Wizards... Um, shoot they shot 42 threes um yeah that's that's not normal for them um i want to look at who shot all those shots give me a second all right so i i pulled up this uh this is just the general box score i didn't have it up uh, a second ago so i'll do better next time but uh yeah so just looking at it um bonga took four threes westbrook took three Beal and Robinson both took 10. Uh, Jerome Robinson, <laughs> we'll touch on him, but yeah, that's not what you want. Uh, but there's there's a reason why he took so many. Matthew shot seven, Winston shot five. Okay, yeah, so that all makes sense. Um, so just going back to the Spurs, uh, their shot chart. Um, 10 for 18 at the rim, which is pretty below average. Uh, 6 for 16 from Florida range, which again is below average. 17 for 31 from mid-range, which is like ridiculous. That's like 55%. That's way above what you can normally expect from mid-range. Uh, 6 for 6 from corner three, which is... <laughs> obviously if you're shooting 100% from three that's pretty crazy and nine of 25 from above the break three which is like about it's right above league average um oh wait they actually have league average okay so league average from um floater range is 42 percent and the wizard shot 35 percent for floater range. okay yeah so that makes about sense uh but again if you're shooting a shot where the average is 42 percent you don't really want to shoot that shot if that makes sense because like 42 percent you multiply that by two if the ball goes in that's only um you know 0.84 points per shot if it goes in which is way below like a normal like points per shot is about like 1.05 1.1 ish so that's like you're giving up points if you're shooting from there so you don't really want that um yeah so just moving on to uh some of the spurs uh or you guys some of the shot frequencies uh the spurs shot a ton of shots from like the long mid-range area but they made 58.3 percent which is way way above league average like usually like like look if the wizards let the spurs shoot that many shots from long mid that's kind of like a win for the defense just because like a long mid-range shot is obviously way less efficient than a shot closer to the basket or a shot from three so the fact that the spurs made that many that's not something that would persist if the wizards played like a 100 game series over the spurs right but the spurs are a good shooting team from um you know long mid-range they so league out or their average uh, for the season is 16.3 percent um from you know long mid-range area and they shot, uh, well, on the season, they're shooting 37%. Um, and they this game from mid-range overall, they shot 50%, which is, yeah, that's pretty significant uh, of a boost. Uh, also from three, they shot 48%, which is very, very significant. The Spurs are not a very good shooting team. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like, that's the whole story. The Spurs shot the ball really well. The Wizards shot the ball pretty poorly. And um, the Wizards didn't have their players. They weren't very good offensively. And, you know, that's what happens when you take two weeks off and half your roster is missing. Uh, that's pretty much to be expected. So it's not like some terrible thing. 
Uh, I guess I I got to talk about some positives um, after that game. So I guess first of all, Bradley Beal. Uh, it took him a while to get his legs under him, but he scored his you know bunch of points. Uh, he ended up with let me check. He ended up with thirty one um, on twenty nine shots. But like twenty nine shots, like he was the only player who can really really create like on that roster at the given moment. So that's kind of like you know it's kind of needed. Um, so. Yeah, it took him a while. Like, a lot of his shots were short. He airballed, like, a couple pull-up mid-range shots. He airballed a floater. Like, that's pretty unexpected from him. But, um, you know, what happens, like, where Beal, Beal was most successful, um, just going and pick and roll because uh, Beal's a really good shooter off the dribble from three. So, the Spurs' two bigs are Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge and Yaka Pertle. And those guys, like, they're pretty slow-footed. Like, Pertle can, like, kind of almost sort of move his feet for a big, but like LaMarcus Aldridge at this point in his career cannot. Um, so just getting those guys up in the pick and roll was something that was, that worked really well for the Wizards. Beal just like, he just wasn't hitting his shots as usual. He just, like he was kind of tired. Like you could tell that he hasn't played in a while, uh, which is obviously to be expected as I'll say a million times. Um, like he only played 32 minutes. He usually plays a little more than that. So, but he ended up with 31 points. Uh, but definitely those uh, pick and rolls were definitely the most successful action. I wish they went to that more with Westbrook. Um, because Westbrook's just, well, <laughs> it didn't look like it in this game, but usually, uh, in Westbrook's past, uh, his ability just to get downhill and attack the defense is something that you really want. Like if you get Westbrook with a head of steam, like with, against Jakob Pertl or Marcus Aldridge, usually that's something that, uh, normally he would feast on. Uh, but yeah, Westbrook was really, really bad. I don't know if I want, I want to talk about, let me see. I guess I'll talk about Westbrook next. No, I wanted to talk about positive first, positives first. Um, Alex Len, uh, shocking. Like I expected Alex Len to be awful. Uh, he looked like an NBA level backup center, which is like totally fine. Like Alex Len has pretty good size. He can make shots around the paint. Uh, he shot a couple threes. One of them looked really, really bad. One of them looked okay and went in like the one that looked really, really bad. Like his feet weren't set and his like body rotated when he shot it. It was like, it was pretty bad. Like it, it was one of those where they released the ball and you look at the mechanics and you like say out loud, like that has no chance. And then it misses really bad. Um, but he looked like a to- totally fine backup center out there. Like, honestly, especially like that for someone in their first game with a team that's only been like through one week of practice, that was that was actually pretty encouraging. Um, again, he has good size. Like, he is a fine defensive player. Um, he was getting out on the floor a lot, which is not something that you really want for him. But like, he moved his feet decently well uh, for him, I guess, for his first game. Um, but again, also, like, he can. If you if he's going to just be big, get defense rebounds, uh, you know, try his best to protect the rim and make layups on rolls, like that's kind of all you can really ask from your big. Like, there's one point in time where he had like a few turnovers and he looked really ugly. But you know, I guess like I didn't <laughs> I didn't expect anything from him. Like after he was cut from the Raptors, who are a team that needs center depth, uh, and he looked like a perfectly serviceable backup uh, center. So that was pretty encouraging. Uh, Cassius Winston got a bunch of minutes. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I guess good for him for getting minutes. He's not an NBA level player yet, but he made a couple threes. He still has like in college, he had a really, really pronounced like dolphin kick type of thing where in, when he shot the ball, like he, he, you can tell he's worked on his mechanics, like on that not dolphin kicking as much, but he still does a little bit. He has like a little bit of a hitch in his shot, um, but he can shoot the ball. Like he was a really, really, he was like 40 something low forties in college. So I know he can shoot the ball. Like he, he was fine. He didn't get killed defensively. Like the Spurs didn't attack him defensively. Like I thought a team would if they see Cassius Winston on the floor. Um, so you know he was perfectly fine this game. Uh, Garrison Matthews had a Garrison Matthews performance. He runs around all on defense. Uh, made some threes and he's fun to watch. He played 35 minutes, which is 
more than almost anyone on the team, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, Brooks is finally really, really trusting him in the rotation, uh, which is great. Um, Anthony Gill had some bright moments. Uh, he can move his feet a little on defense uh, at times when he's needed. Like he, at one point, he got like switched onto Dejounte Murray and like didn't get killed, uh, which was pretty exciting. Um, he only shot one shot and it was a three and he missed. Um, he only played ten minutes, you know. Uh, I guess let me think of the oh Isak Banga. Um, he's a really versatile defender. Uh, at times he was guarding Demar Derozan. At other times he's guarding Dejounte Murray. Um, sometimes he was uh, you know guarding other guys. Like he he's pretty solid. Um, like he did a decent job against Keldon Johnson when he switched on him. Like I don't understand why Brooks is so reluctant to play him just because he's like one of the better defenders. Oh. I, I definitely got to talk about Robin Lopez. Like, Robin Lopez was awesome this game. Um, he protected the rim. Uh, he didn't really score much. Uh, <laughs> he Okay, so he only made three shots. Every single one of his three shots was that, like, really gross-looking right-hand hook shot that, like, goes in a lot. Um, I'd love to get, like, some of the stats on his right-hand hook shot uh, just to see how often they go in. But that he goes to that move every time. Like, I don't understand how teams don't know that that's the only thing you can do. The only thing you do in the post is that right-hand hook shot. He goes to it every time. And he gets it. Like, it goes in. He was three for five, you know, fine. Uh, two for two at the line. Uh, he got some, he got rebounds. He, he was really, really good in this game, actually. Like, he looked like a very, very solid, uh, rim protecting center. Like, I don't know if he's a starting level player at this point, but like, as a backup center, he's totally fine. Um, which is good. Uh, I guess I want to talk about some guys for the Spurs and then I'll talk about negatives. Uh, DeMar DeRozan did like nothing this game. He only had nine points. He shot the ball seven times. Um, part of that is just because Isak Bongo was guarding him. Part of that was because the Wizards kind of, like, I don't know. I haven't watched enough DeMar DeRozan, I guess. But, like, the Wizards went under every single one of DeMar DeRozan's screens. And, he, like, he couldn't, he didn't really do that much. Um, and then also, like, the Wizards helped pretty heavily off every single other player. Like, the Wizards, they, they just weren't scared of anyone besides Patrick Mills shooting the ball. Like, which is what you should do. Like, none of these the Spurs players are really that good of shooting. And the Spurs don't shoot the ball that much. I think coming into the game, uh, the stat was... I have it here somewhere. Uh, 28th in three-point attempts. Like 30, 30% of their three-point attempts, or 30.3% of their shot attempts are threes coming into the game, which ranks 28th in the league. So, and like, if you go down the roster, like Lonnie Walker, are you really scared of him shooting? Like, no. DeJounte Murray, no. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge, whatever. Colton Johnson, he's not really a shooter. DeMar DeRozan, not a, like, you can help off all these guys. Like, Rudy Gay, like, the Wizards helped pretty heavily off them. They helped on the, uh, they loaded to the, um, drives from DeMar DeRozan and it worked out pretty well. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. I guess Colton Johnson looked pretty good. Uh, he only ended up with 13 points, but I really like him. He's only in his second year out of Kentucky. Um, he's pretty exciting. Uh, definitely a real steal. He was drafted in like the 20s at some point, either mid mid or late, I want to say. But yeah, he looks great for a rookie. Um, Lonnie Walker looks pretty solid defensively. He's obviously taking strides with his jumper. 
Um, DeJounte Murray, you know, you know, we know what he is at this point. Uh, he actually has a little more ability on the ball than I thought he would. And then I guess Patty Mills, uh, <laughs> the announcer are talking a lot of trash about Patty Mills in the first half. He came out and then he made a bunch of threes and iced the game pretty much. Oh, the other guy I want to talk about is Devin Vassell. I really wanted the Wizards to draft Devin Vassell, uh, when we were up with the ninth pick and then we drafted Avdia. Like, who's panned out pretty, like, you know, fine, but I thought Vassell was awesome in this game. Uh, he guarded Westbrook a bunch. He guarded Beal a bunch. He did a great job on both those guys. And then on the other end, he was four for six from three. Um, so I think Vassell is awesome. I think the Spurs got a really, really good draft pick with him. And I guess the last guy I want to talk about is LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> There's a really interesting coaching battle going on in this game with uh, Scott Brooks versus Greg Popovich, uh, which is fun to say. Um, but so the at first, like on the pick and pops, uh, what the Wizards were doing was just like letting LaMarcus Aldridge or so on the pick and rolls with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, uh, the Wizards just went under it every single time. And they really, really bothered DeMar DeRozan when they did that. So then um, what the Spurs started doing was that they kind of changed the angle of the screen where instead of a like ball screen where DeMar DeRozan was like at the top of the key, like staying sideways, it would turn into a step-up ball screen where he was like more facing half court. And that kind of makes it harder to go under a screen when you do that just because of the angle of the screen. And that was fun. And then... Brooks adjusted to that by doing, he did a lot more switching, which I don't, I don't know about that adjustment doing switching against like to get Robin Lopez or Alex Len against the DeMar DeRozan or DeJounte Murray or Lonnie Walker or Patty Mills. Um, so that was interesting. Another thing that Brooks did uh, at times was just to run a 2-3 zone. And like, I kind of like the move of running a 2-3 zone, especially against a team that doesn't have much shooting like the Spurs. Because uh, usually, like, to break his own, you got to have some shooters, and then you got to have some dudes that rebound, and the Spurs don't really have either of those things. Uh, Spurs got five offensive rebounds all game. Uh, so, yeah, I love the move running a 2 3 And it's also, like, easier to run, right? Uh, if you have a bunch of, like, executing a defensive scheme, like a man-to-man defensive scheme is probably, I would imagine, harder than executing a 2-3 zone. Because in a zone, you're just, in a zone, like, you just got to communicate who you have in your zone and just match up. Uh, the Wizards play more of, like, a matchup type zone. And, but like I'd imagine like like I imagine Alex Len played a matchup zone at some point when he was at like Maryland and stuff and same for whoever was coming in like Cassius Stanley or not Cassius, Cassius Winston so I thought that was a pretty good adjustment by Brooks to go to that especially to get rid of the stop um the LaMarcus Aldridge pick and pops uh something that's interesting about LaMarcus Aldridge pick and pops he pops to the mid-range instead of popping out to three like that's been one of my criticisms of him and DeRozan and Popovich is that like they seem kind of reluctant to shoot threes uh i want to check out his stats from mid-range so he ended up being six for nine from mid-range where so he was 67 percent league average is 41.6 percent like that's pretty ridiculous honestly like i i want to pull up his season stats for long mid-range because that that seems pretty ridiculous to me that he would shoot that high of a percentage like drew gooden on the broadcast was like oh like you got to switch like you, you can't switch um, Alex Len onto Patty Mills and then have Jerome Robinson switch onto LaMarcus Aldridge. That's like asking to get killed. So I'm kind of just going off on a tangent as I'm pulling up his stats. So his, oh, that's his rookie. Okay, so from long mid, which is like where he was shooting much of his shots from, this season he's at 55%, which is good, but it's not, um, like you'll kind of give him that. Like last season, okay, so last season, this season is 55% on 71 attempts. Last season it is... 43% on 256 attempts, which would be 0.86 points per shot, which is like you're 100. If, the, if you come down and you give the offense a look where they're at 0.86 points per shot every single possession, you're 
Like you're 100% good with that. So I kind of like I'm fine with the Wizards just letting LaMarcus Aldridge pick and pop and, you know, shoot long mid-range shots every single play. Uh, they started to go away from that, which I guess is fine if he's like really heating up. But, you know, I, I like the adjustment of going to zone from Brooks. I thought that was pretty smart. Um, yeah, so I guess I got to talk about the negatives. Um, and there are a couple of negatives. Um, so first of all, Jerome Robinson, like he scored some points, but he he just killed. Like he played 35 minutes. I don't I can't imagine what the thinking was behind that. He killed the Wizards just from a spacing standpoint. Um, so we had 16 points on six for 15 shooting and three for 10 from three. Um, something that I haven't seen a team do against Jerome Robinson yet was they gave him what I call the Westbrook treatment. Uh, and the Westbrook treatment is just basically like when you tell a guy like, yeah, you're going to be guarding this guy, but you're not actually going to guard him at all. Um, and yeah, that's, <laughs> that's basically what they did against Jerome Robinson. They didn't guard him at all. It was like the first time. Um, so it was one of the first plays of the game. And someone helped on the Spurs from one pass away. And I was like, oh, that's a mistake. They helped from one pass away. Like, because in the NBA, like, one of the rules of help defense is don't help from one pass away. Which is, like, thing it, like the Spurs actually did that a ton in this game, which I thought was really interesting just because the Wizards don't have shooters that the Spurs were worried about, um, which ended up being the right move. Uh, but anyway, back to the point. So they helped from one pass away. And I and um, Jerome Robinson got an open look and he missed. And I was like, oh, like, that's a mistake. And then they kept doing it and doing it and doing it. They would help from the strong side corner against Jerome Robinson, which is a big no-no in the NBA. They would help from the weak side corner, which is, you know, what they always do. But they would really, really, really help. Uh, they would, like, be pre-rotating off Jerome Robinson. Like, they didn't guard Jerome Robinson at all. Like, they did not guard him at all. Like, eventually, Jerome Robinson started doing, like, a bunch of 45 cuts and stuff, um, which kind of kept the defense more engaged, uh, which was – it was a good adjustment by him. Like, he's a fine offensive player almost, <laughs> but – yeah, he was 3 for 10. He struggled. He looked bad. He killed the Wizards spacing. Like, every time Beal was out there and at the same time as Robinson, like, he just killed the spacing. They didn't guard him. Like, having Jerome Robinson out there for someone that, and plus Isak Bonga, plus Robin Lopez, plus Westbrook, like, that, it's just not enough spacing. Like, it's just not. Like, you, you can't win games with four guys who you're not going to guard, like, really, really guard from three. Um, and I was pretty interested by that because I've never seen a team guard Jerome Robinson like that. Like, my thought about Jerome Robinson is that he's a fine but capable shooter. So I looked back into the NBA tracking data from last season, and I figured out that Jerome Robinson on like wide open looks. So the way that like NBA.com defines wide open looks is uh, six or more feet, like as the defender or as the player is shooting the ball, the defender is six or more feet away from the player shooting. So that's how the NBA defines a wide open look. And from wide open three point looks last season, Jerome Robinson shot thirty two point seven percent. So again, so the Wizards' offensive rating is like. Pretty good. Um, I don't have a memory. So let me pull it up real quick uh, just so I can get this number down better. Um, so, yeah. So, but again, going back to my point. So if you're shooting 32.7% from three, uh, that means the value of every shot that you take is about one. Like the offensive rating for every shot is 100. And the Spurs on, or the Wizards on the season offensive rating is 1145 so if you're giving up um, 0.145 points per possession every time you shoot the ball, the, that's a gamble that the Spurs would take. And that was honestly like that was an awesome uh, just way of Greg Popovich and whoever else was on that coaching staff uh, just looking at the game and developing a game plan. Um, I thought that was super smart uh, to do against Jerome Robinson. And it, again, it killed Bradley Beal, killed what he was trying to do uh, at Westbrook and made him even less effective. Um so yeah, Jerome Robinson hurt the team. Like he tries on defense. He's not terrible on defense, but he does make a ton of mistakes. Uh, he is not very good in rotations. 
Um, I don't know what the Wizards are going to do with Jerome Robinson next season, but like this was, this is not good from him. Um, I guess the other player I have to talk about is <laughs> after <laughs> it's Russell Westbrook. Um, <sighs> Westbrook. So a lot of excuses were being made for Westbrook, which totally made sense. Like I also said the same thing was that if he legitimately had a quad injury that was keeping him from being as explosive as he uh, normally is, then that would have made perfect sense as to why he looked so awful like throughout the whole season. And I like I gave him a chance when this game I was ready for him to come back, look like a new player. Uh, he was supposed to be out for three to four weeks. And I don't know if they rushed the timetable or if he's just like ready. But he's back, um, and yeah, he was terrible. Um, I just, okay, let me go through my notes real quick. Um, so Russell Westbrook on offense just straight up looks bad. Uh, I don't know what other way to put it. Like, he doesn't look like Westbrook at all. Um, the, the old version of Russell Westbrook would have absolutely, like, even the version of Russell Westbrook from last season this would have absolutely destroyed this team. Like, Yaka Pirtle and LaMarcus Aldridge especially should not be able to handle Westbrook in a pick and roll. And Westbrook just, he couldn't get downhill at all. He couldn't, like, he he just didn't do anything this game. And it's, like, disappointing because I wanted to see Westbrook play better. Um, all right, so this was a shot chart. So at the rim, he was two for four, uh, which is not very good. And to only get four looks at the rim, especially against this team that runs a, generally a deeper drop, um, that's just not good enough. Um he made one corner three. He missed two above the break threes. Uh, 33% for threes. Good for Westbrook. Um, he missed two shots from floater range. And he missed two shots from mid range, which again is not what you want to see. Um, he got blocked like really badly three times, um, which he, I don't remember him getting blocked so much. Like I, there's this one play where he was driving down the lane. Like he did a little in and out. It was a pretty nice in and out move. I don't remember who was in like, sem- it was again, it was against the Spurs in a semi transition situation. And he did an in and out move. He was going to the basket. And I said, oh, dunk it, dunk it. And he, he went up for like this layup. Uh, and then he it got like absolutely like disintegrated by Yaka Pirtle. And it was bad. Uh, he blocked it like very, very hard off the backboard. And Russell Westbrook, like, of course, he walked back on defense because, you know, of course he would. He doesn't hustle back on defense. Um so yeah, Russell Westbrook, he he doesn't look like the player that he was even last season. And I I just don't know why that is so far. Uh, I really hope that he can get back to form. Um, I, like, I was willing to give him the reasoning of the quad injury because that does make sense, especially it being the left quad, which he like he goes right most of the time. So if he has a left quad injury, then that would make perfect sense. Um, I don't know why he likes to post up so much. Uh, like if someone has to tell Westbrook if Robin Lopez is on the floor, he shouldn't be posting up ever because there's zero spacing. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, the other thing I have to say about Westbrook is his defense is god-awful. Like, he gets some steals. Like, that's great. But he... I've never seen someone help off the strong side corner more than Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't know what the heck he's doing. Like, that's one of the... That's, like, the biggest no-no of the NBA is helping off the strong side corner. And he does it all the time. Um, he helps off his man when his man's, like, right in the basket. Uh, I think he did it once this game. Um, like, I, I just don't know what he's thinking sometimes out there. Um, he's just it's it's just disappointing, honestly. Um, I wish Westbrook sat out this game. Like he just doesn't look ready to come back. He only played twenty five minutes, um, which is one of the lowest amounts on the team of guys that like actually got in the game. So like maybe he just straight up isn't ready, uh, which I would understand. He got in line twice, which is actually encouraging because he just hasn't been able to get to the line at all. He had six assists. Like he's a pretty good passer still. 
Um, he makes some really stupid plays. He had four turnovers, and three of them absolutely killed the Wizards down the stretch. But he's a good playmaker still. Like, you can tell he's a good passer. Um, the roster construction around him just isn't very good. He's been awful. Um, overall, he's just been so disappointing this season. Uh, I hope he gets better, though. Like, again, if he does still legitimately have a quad injury, then he has a perfectly good reason for why he's been so terrible. Um, we just, we're going to have to see it in, like, 20 games from now. And, like, if in 20 games from now um he doesn't look any better then that's going to be a giant huge red flag um you know that's that's most of what i have uh i kind of want to go through my notes there's some fun things that happen in this game um let's see so one thing i forgot to mention about westbrook was that um he's doing the john wall thing on defense like the john i call the john wall slash james harden where they just like refuse to get over screen, so they just switch, and then it causes huge mismatches, uh, which kind of kills the defense when your centers are Robin Lopez and Alex Len, who can't switch, and then your um, point guard is Russell Westbrook, who's actually like decently switchable. Like I'd love to see the Wizards do more switching on the perimeter, um, but not with Russell Westbrook switching onto a center while uh, <laughs> Alex Len is switching on the perimeter. Um, let me just see another interesting thing in my notes. Um, yeah, so at one point. The Wizards lineup was Alex Len, Jerome Robinson, Cassius Winston, um, Anthony Gill, and Garrison Matthews. And I wrote in my notes that this has to be the worst lineup put into a game during the competitive portion, like during the first quarter in a while. Um, you know, oh yeah, Westbrook did this thing a lot where he posted up while Alex Len was two feet away from him, which was awful. There was uh, no spacing at all. Um, you know, that's kind of to be expected with the current roster that they have. Um, oh yeah, something else that happened a couple times is uh, this. Spurs try to top lock Beal and they learn the hard way. Like I've said a bunch on this pod, you can't top lock Beal, especially if you don't have like someone just planted right in the middle of the lane to like block a shot. Like Beal would be so good on a better team uh, just because like he's so scalable offensively to championship level basketball just because he's so good off the ball. Uh, I'd love to see that at some point. Um, maybe not this season because I like watching Bradley Beal and it'd be a disaster uh, without him. Uh, let me just see if I had anything else in my notes. Um Cassius Winston hit a couple shots and everyone was excited. That was fun. Um, that's pretty much all I had. Uh, I guess the only other thing is that the Spurs got on transition a bunch, which is very anti-Spurs-like, and they killed us in that. Uh, but besides that, you know, pretty much all that happened. Uh, the Wizards' next game is against the Rockets, and it's John Wall versus Russell Westbrook showdown. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's on Tuesday. Um, so whenever this pod comes out, uh, make sure to check out that Wizards-Rockets game on Tuesday. Or if you don't want to watch the game, you just want to listen to the pod, that's also fine. Um, but yeah, I'll be doing a pod after that. And then I think the next game is Wednesday. I don't remember who they play. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited about the, the Russell Westbrook-John Wall showdown to kind of see if the Wizards got the better of the trade or not, which like right now the answer is that they didn't. Um, but yeah, so um, listen to our next episode uh, when the Wizards play the Rockets. Also watch that game. And yeah, that's all I got. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. 
please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.